to Blissfully Aware, the show in which three opinionated people discuss what's going on in fandom and nerd news in general. I'm Bliss, and as always, I'm joined by my two lovely co-hosts, Kelty and Kendra. Hello! Hello! It's us! <laughs> so y'all, a lot, a lot happened this week. <laughs> a lot of stupid shit happened this week. Yeah, I mean, a lot of... A lot of, like, nothing. Like, a lot of just same old, same old. Like, there wasn't anything hugely, like, never-before-seen in no. fandom stuff. Nope, just all the same bullshit again. All the same bullshit again about fandoms, I don't know, but... 22 Jump Street. It's important <laughs> to talk about... Yeah, a 22 Jump Street situation. <laughs> it's important to talk about because, as previously stated on the show, uh, social media now gives these lunatics access just to the professionals, like the creators mm. who make these cartoons that they love so much, and they try desperately to implode their careers. That's a new phenomenon. That is, yeah. Yeah. So, a positive... No. <laughs> 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 Said the word positive and then regretted saying the word positive. It's a positive that came out of a negative. Yeah. As good as could be hoped for. <sighs> yeah, there was a wholesome enough ending to this one. Uh, y'all know what Vocaloids are? I do not. I, I uh, have had it vaguely explained to me a few times. I, I, I get it in broad, broad strokes. Yeah, I, I also don't know... 100% what it is. I know that it's... Well, I'll just read you the wiki. Thank you. Because I'm an old... Yeah, I'm too old. I mean, this. Vocaloids come from, like, the early 2000s. They're not They're not that new. Uh, I was, I'm still too old for this. So Vocaloids is a software voice bank developed by Krypton Future Media, uh, and it has an official MOE anthropomorph a 16 year old girl with long turquoise twin tails yes pigtails miku i did know that yeah so this week two fan artists drew a persona version of miku where she is portrayed as a plus size black trans woman uh-oh she's super cute i already know where this is headed yeah the art is in the doc I sent y'all in case you want to peek at it. But she's really cute. She's super cute. So the art is really precious. And I actually had the opportunity to speak with this uh, artist. Mm -hmm. The original designer artist. They were very nice. They were very, very nice. And we'll get back to things they say. <laughs> so, <laughs> so... Like I said, this artist and their friend both put up their versions of this character mm -hmm. and are immediately inundated with hate and transphobia and racism and just some good old fashioned like aunties showing up with uh, the number one tweet I saw was, thank you. Honestly, you finally gave me the push I needed to kill myself, mm. which classy. Interesting. Wait, Wait, so why really... why are aunties mad at this? Racism. It, or just I assume the aunties are mad because it's different or they're purists. Or she's 16. Aunties and... are mad because they're turfs. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean I know why the aunties are mad. <laughs> I just want to know why the aunties think they're bad. I, I would say I think the aunties believe it's just a purist sort of thing, trying to not fuck with the character because the biggest thing was Miku can't be black. Okay. Okay. Uh, was Why? like the generic Why? complaint. So yeah, they got a bunch of hate, but they were pretty quickly surrounded by the fandom, which I thought was fairly wholesome. Bunch of people came in, defended them, chased off the aunties with, you know, pitchforks and <laughs> wasp spray. Mm-hmm. Yep. Bear repellent. And in a way to try and cheer up the artist because they were kind of downtrodden, you know? Mm -hmm, of course. Despite the fact that you get surrounded by a circle of protection, still a frustrating and uh, difficult thing to have to deal with. Yeah. So 
a friend of theirs came up with this idea, Miku Sona Monday. Okay. Apparently, there was already this thing where people would post their fan art of Miku's, Miku's, of Miku, on Mondays. Yeah, alliteration. Uh-huh. And uh, so they decided to co-op that a little bit and have everybody go out and make their own Miku personas and just get weird with it. Be positive, do whatever you wanted with it. And it caught a lot of traction. They're cute. It was really cute. There were so many amazing versions. Um, There was wheelchair Miku and Mexican Miku and Turkish Miku and uh, hijab Miku. I saw the Mexican one on your feed. They were cute. Yeah, I saw another one today. It was really cute. Uh, It was great. It was really nice. And eventually the official Hatsune Miku Twitter retweeted this tweet by a user called Jazzy, who said, Remember that Miko loves you no matter who you are. If you're seeing this, I hope you have an amazing day. Which is really nice. Mm-hmm. And then the CEO of Krypton Future Media, Hiroyuki Ito, I'm very sorry if I mispronounced that, uh, he released this statement saying, Throughout the years, we here at Krypton Future Media have done our best to provide platforms such as Hatsune Miku, For creators of all races, nationalities, languages, ages, genders, and sexualities to express themselves. Additionally, we have hosted events across the world for people to come together to share their love and appreciation for their own communities. Although we are based in Sapporo, Japan, we here at Krypton have heard the voices of the Black Lives Matter movement and will renew our commitments to spreading a culture of respect and inclusivity through creation. They also donated all the proceeds from the Digital Mirage Online Music Festival to the Equal Justice Initiative, Color of Change, and Performing Artists Charity. So that was really cool. That's so cute. Yeah, just a really nice, wholesome end to the drama. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I got to speak with one of the two original artists. And they said, you know, more than anything, they were overwhelmed by the support they received from not only people who knew them, but the community at large. And they were really just blown away by how kind people were being. So just, you know, be nice to each other. (laughs) It matters to some people. Yeah, especially the downtrodden and the marginalized. Mm -hmm. Aww. These are cute. I'm going through the tag. Some of them are really cute. Oh, there's a Sonic one. Ah, shout out. Oh, man. That's a fandom that... Will never die. It will never die, but it's also... It's so perplexing to me how active and far-reaching the fandom is for having pretty awful... And sporadic source material. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's what I, that's, I'm amazed that, that they have maybe some of the worst luck in fandom history when it comes to their source material. And yet, th- they're just unstoppable. I guess it's because they are sort of tangentially related to the furry fandom, so they'll just never die through momentum. Yeah, that's probably <laughs> but, it. Yeah. More power to I, I think I've said this before. I just sort of wish I was a furry sometimes, because that fandom is just so all-encompassing and, like, active and, for the most part, nice. Like, I know furry drama is, like, its own category of elite drama, but for, like, I'm gonna say, like, nine times out of ten, it looks like just kind of a, a nice, chill place to have sex in animal costumes. Yeah. <laughs> if that's what you're into. It's not what I'm into, unfortunately. But I kind of wish I had that community. Me too. Mm. Oh, some of these are so cute. So yeah, that nice story right up front. And now let's talk about something a little less nice. Hooray. Do y'all know what Amphibia is? I've learned... Yeah. I did not prior to this this week. I found out against my will, but you know. It was on my radar off in the 
distance because I, it's not really my thing, but a bunch of people who like animation, there's going to be bleed over in fandoms. Especially American mm. uh, or like Western animation, like non Japanese animation, there is a scant industry around that and basically no money. So when any of it has success, everyone everyone rallies, circles the wagons around it. <laughs> so what happened in Amphibia, which is a cartoon about frogs? It's people and <laughs> yeah, a frog world. There's, there's little anthropomorphic frogs... And looks like there's, I don't know, it's like fantasy-esque. There's like a kingdom or something. Yeah. And there's a girl who's like 14, and she's the main character, to my knowledge. And she and her frog buddies have adventures? Or I, I don't know, actually, what the, uh, what the like, larger narrative is. <laughs> so yeah, here, I'm, I'm just gonna read, I'm gonna read the, the premise, uh, from Wikipedia. The series chronicles the adventures of an independent and fearless 13-year-old Thai-American named Annie Bunchui uh, after stealing a mysterious music box on her birthday at the advice of her friend, Sasha Waybright, and is magically transported to the world of Amphibia, a wild marshland tropical island full of anthropomorphic amphibians and threatening creatures. There, Anne meets the excitable young frog named Sprig Plantar, unpredictable and adventurous baby polywog Polly Plantar, the youngest member of the Plantar family, and overprotective and traditional grandfather Hop Pop. Hop-pop! guide her to be a true hero while discovering the first true friendship of her life as she lives with her newfound family. In addition, she also discovers that Sasha has sided with the villainous Captain Grime. <gasps> Sasha, no! Betrayal from your best friend! Sexy. Okay, actually, that kind of sounds like fun. So that's it. That is that is the one-paragraph summary of... Amphibia. That actually sounds pretty cute. Well, it actually gives some context, mm -hmm. because we are going to be talking about Sasha and Grime. Grime. Yeah. Grime. Like Grimer. Aw, I love Grimer. Yep. Best yeah. Pokemon. Fight me. So, there was a storyboarder who worked on season one of Amphibia for about half a season, and her name is Hannah. Mm-hmm. And you gotta go on this journey with me, because it's kind of winding a little bit yeah take me on the journey let's go hannah worked on amphibia for about half a season as a storyboarder and there were rumors that she was fired from amphibia for a piece of fan art that she made of two characters from the show sasha and grimes yes uh -huh. and the fan art is just grimes this grumpy toad holding this girl sasha in his arms, like carrying her, not even like romantically holding her. Yes, no, just literally carrying her, and just kind of looks like frowning. He's like, "I'm unhappy about this." Yeah, he looked like he just like picked her up, or like, like she fell. fell out of a tree. Yeah, and, like yeah. into his arms. You really, you ought to make the fan art like the thumbnail of this episode, so people can see what we're talking about. Yeah, and. Like, this illustration literally could appear in a children's picture book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this very benign art, right? Of freaking a girl and a toad. They're hanging out. So she posts this art on Twitter. And Matt Braley, the creator of the show, comments to her question, Who drew this? Five million question marks. Uh, his response was, Some pervert! And she laughs and says, you're correct. And that'll come up later. Yeah, I saw that. Because she drew it. That's because the joke. She did yeah. draw it. Yeah. This all happened in 2019. Let's fast forward to this week. Hannah posts some sketches from the cartoon Owl House, which has, again, American animation, so it intersects with the cartoon community. Right. And this Twitter user, Asher, I'm not going to give their actual Twitter handle, but their name is Asher, comments and says, trigger warning, pedophilia. Ayo, guys, y'all should probably stop giving them attention. They shipped Sasha and Grimes from Amphibia, so yeah. Ugh. And when challenged by somebody asking if they had proof, Asher responds, not on me, but it's 
pretty well-known situation in the cartoon Twitter community. She made art with Sasha and Grimes, and the creator of Amphibia fired her for it. If you look it up on Twitter, you'll find it. Because if it's on Twitter, it must be true. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Only truths get posted to Twitter. And I I love, I don't have any proof on me, but go look it up. Yourself. Yeah. You're bound to find one maniac claiming it. Yeah. Well, so one maniac does show up. The creator, Mm -hmm. Matt Braley, Uh who responds, Hi, I know that you're acting with good intentions and coming from a place of kindness, but these rumors are untrue. No, (laughs) they aren't. Hannah was amazing to work with, and I would hire again in a heartbeat. So, fucking, they're not coming from a place of kindness, Matt. No. God, no. And they caught a lot of shit for that. And I understand as a creator, you don't want to shit on your fans necessarily, but... They're also not technically... I mean, they are unconfirmed to be fans. (laughs) They might not know anything about your show or your work. So then Asher comes back and posts, Trigger warning, pedophilia and zoophilia. Matt Braley, the creator of Amphibia, is defending an artist who drew Sasha X Grimes, which is pedophilia and zoophilia, which I feel like you already established, uh, (laughs) and then cites his tweet. So that's proof that he is uh, defending pedophilia and zoophilia. Pedophilic zoophile. (laughs) Yeah. Basically, I would hazard a guess that that has never existed I'm putting money on the table right now. There has never been a pedophilic zoophile ever. No, you can't. Not a real Prove one, I'm no. wrong. Prove <laughs> I'm wrong. Not. Find me a case. Find me a case in a court system anywhere in the world. I dare anyone. I will pay to have documents translated. Because I thought we were still talking about fic for a minute, and I was like... Don't. <laughs> Don't encourage them. They'll find it, and then it'll be all of our comments. But, yeah, in real life, you can't pedophilic zoophile. I mean, you can. It's just unlikely. Uh, uh, I mean... Uh, you have to have two have separate both. things. You would have to... Yeah, because yeah, you, would, you can't... You can't be attracted... Well, I guess I'm not... No, I would never say you can't be attracted. Some whack job out there is. But... Like, whether we're taking this to mean one definition of young animals, <laughs> I, I hazard a guess that that has never happened. I would, I would bet, I would bet $100 that that is Canadian dollars that that has never happened. Uh, or you are both pedophilic for humans in addition to being a zoophile. <laughs> Which I would also say, I would put a hundred Canadian dollars on that. Yeah, I don't think that that's a thing either. Both of those disorders are so rare that I would put money on them never co-occurring in any human being ever. No. Maybe. I'm sure, I don't know. There's always the one, right? The exception to the rule. Not one who's been caught. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. Like, find me a documented case of someone who has been tried for both of these crimes. Mm -hmm. Listeners. Listeners. This is your chance to make 100 (laughs) Canadian dollars. That's like $80 for everybody in America. Which is like 50 pounds, which is like 40 euros. Yeah. So it it gets less and less enticing, but I promise. I mean, do it for the clout, y'all. We're good on it. We're good on the promise. Find me that freak. Find me that whack job. So when creators weigh into dramas, we've discussed this before, it exposes them even further to the fandom and tends to ignite a lot of opinions. And boy, were there some. Yeah, it always backfires. I think perhaps in this unique circumstance where one of your employees is being accused of pedophilia and zoophilia, I feel like that warrants a Twitter statement. Yeah, I would I'm say sure. that that warrants charges, but, you know, I'm I'm not them. I mean, I don't fault him for weighing in, but it certainly did get everybody all riled up on both sides. Uh, pro shippers were mad that he, big mad, (laughs) that he was saying that this person was coming from a place of kindness because they weren't. (laughs) And that was fairly obvious. 
it was. But also, I understand why he's trying to be, like, oh, yeah. the moderator here. No, and I mean, like I said, I get that. I just... that That is the reason why pro shippers were mad. This is a stupid reason to be mad. Uh, and then Antis were mad, as we said, uh, because he was, big air quotes, defending this heinous act. And complaints ranged from the girl is canonically 13, the toad man carrying her and blushing in the pic <laughs> is very much a crusty ass adult in the show that the artist worked on. Uh-huh. To something that is going to really piss Kelty off, but for those wondering, the toad is definitely adult coded. He literally has a dark, <laughs> gloomy voice and age lines. No matter what they say, he's an adult. So that's super pedophilic, and I'm livid. He's an adult toad. He's an adult toad. He's like two. All right. <laughs> so I'm just going to say something. You people don't know what coded means. Coded is used when you can't be explicit because of laws or things that make it difficult to get past censors in media. So, like, for example, queer-coded. There's no such thing as adult-coded. It's not illegal or wrong or even semi-shady yeah. to, to have an adult character in a TV show, even one about minors. You Adults exist, and they're allowed to exist in the same space as minors. And for that matter, uh, child-coded is also not a thing. The thing is, I will I will specify. Usually, when when an auntie says child-coded, what they mean is this person is neurodivergent, which is a little frustrating, as someone in their thirties with autism and like. I think about this all the time when people try and explain what child-coded is. Like, I like pink and candy, and I I act like an anime character. <laughs> and for some reason, the fact that I'm 32 doesn't actually matter, because if I were a fictional character... These people would think that the relationship I have with my girlfriend, who's two years younger than me, is pedophilic. <laughs> On her behalf, she would be the, the Well, but from several villain. angles, because... Well, I, I actually don't know what encompasses neurodivergent anymore. It's such a fluid term that means nothing. So well, I don't know but... whether or not my mental illnesses warrant classification as neurodivergent as well. I don't care. Don't answer me. <laughs> but so there's the, there's that angle wherein because you are autistic, you don't have agency. Yeah. So I'm abusing you. There's the other angle that we knew each other when we were both underage. Mm -hmm. So it's incest or, and, or pedophilia. <laughs> both. And Let's there's the be third safe. angle that because you are older than me, there was a span of time where you were of age and I was not of age. So it's pedophilia from your end. Yes. Even though we were not dating at that time. No. <laughs> not that it fucking matters. Not that it matters. <laughs> but I just again, wanted to specify because it just makes it even more yeah, ridiculous. Also because the age of consent in my country is not 18, so that's a meaningless number to me whenever people are like, they're not 18, they can't consent. It doesn't mean anything to me. Yeah. You guys really need to brush up on your laws if you're going to be calling us pedophiles. <laughs> Yeah, just, that shit is slander. It's, it's a legal term. It has a very, very specific meaning. It does. And it also just irritates me, too, because it, when I get in these conversations, I'll be like, actually, minor doesn't necessarily mean under 18, depending on where you are. And then they'll be like, oh, well, because it's legal, then it's fine. Which, uh, minor is a legal term. It's a legal, it's a legal terminology. Mm -hmm. Unless you. That also like, was exactly the argument they yeah. were making. That once you're 18, you're fine, and anything before that, you're an uwu baby minor who can't yeah. think for themselves. <laughs> well, a lot of these people think that if you're like 
20, you're still too much of a child to date teenagers yeah, like or 23. Yeah, a relationship between someone in their 20s and someone in their 30s is pedophilia. Like us right now! Which technically is us right yeah. now. <gasps> I can't wait for the RCMP to come busting in my door with fucking tasers and pilly clubs. Mm-hmm. Good times. Fucking projecting coding on people. So here's here's the interesting fact that kind of throws a wrench into this whole ship debacle. When Hannah worked as a storyboarder for the show and drew this art specifically, she didn't have any character information to go off of. She had the pictures and she thought physically, oh, this character A and this character B would probably interact together in an interesting way. And hence she drew this picture, but she didn't know that Sasha was fictionally underage and uh, that did not play into her choice to draw this art at all, which is something conveniently people are not paying attention to. Oh well, no, because it it goes against their their, their libel, their assumption. Yeah, like they. It also doesn't matter because I need to reiterate how <laughs> G-rated this art is. Like it doesn't matter if she did know that because yeah. this is completely harmless imagery of a toad man <laughs> picking up a thirteen-year-old girl from the ground, like she hurt her ankle or she fell out of a tree or she stumbled on a rock. Yeah, like, it's pretty average. There is there. I don't buy into the premise that this is even suggestive. Like I don't care what their ages are or how they know each other. Yeah. And, and also, like, everybody's like, he's blushing. First off, Is he? I had to- He's a toad! I had to squint. It's a really. black and white drawing! There's a little bit of pink on his cheeks. Oh, okay. So, I, like, I had to, like, enlarge it to see the pink, but then I was like, okay, but he's also, like, lifting a character who looks about his size to, like, to his face. And yeah, is like- frowning and looks very grouchy. I yeah. don't know anything about this toad man, but he 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 looks befuddled. He looks very unhappy to be doing this. And like I don't know, man. If I'm interested in somebody, I'm not unhappy to be touching them. But like whatever. I it literally doesn't even matter anyway. It's a frog. <laughs> A lot of people were also claiming that because she has itsy bitsy blush marks, that means she reciprocated his feelings. And it's like, well, she also has little blushy marks, but she's being picked up. Maybe she just hurt herself and maybe she surprised the bad guy is picking her up. I'm assuming he's a bad guy because he has a scar on his face. Uh, He was the villainous General Grimes or something. So yeah, maybe... Maybe it's a weird situation for her. Also, it doesn't fucking matter because it's fictional. Uh, it doesn't fucking matter because it's not suggestive. <laughs> like, again, there are so there many reasons it doesn't matter. nothing suggestive or inappropriate about this fucking doodle of a toad man. <laughs> I can't believe I'm having to reiterate it this much. <laughs> this non-sexual imagery of a toad man. <laughs> I can't believe I'm having to say this sentence over and over again. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 yeah, it could be in a child's picture book. Like, the Toad Man has lifted up the girl for unknown reasons. Yep. And every, he looks grouchy, she has a pretty neutral expression, <sighs> and that's it. That's what's happening in the drawing. That is what's happening. And the fact that people would try to, A, lie just flat-out lie by saying she was fired over this. Mm-hmm. To be corrected by the showrunner. Mm-hmm. And then come after the showrunner mm-hmm. for defending pedophilic frog porn. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's what's happening. Me. Like, I can't pretend that's not what's happening. Oh, God. And then try and end this woman's career over this drawing oh. is... Asinine. I can't. I am like I am reduced to old timey Victorian white people words of yep. like I am like, <laughs> flabbergasted. Yep. I am agog. I, uh, I cannot believe. Like <laughs> it's just a toad. 
Sistatone. Like I've been on the internet, man. If you wanted, uh, if you wanted, I could find you porn of this frog man. <laughs> and I would have found people who did research about his weird little frog gonads. I don't actually know how frogs reproduce. Like, uh, like they have to mate in water, right? Yes. So it depends. Does he just have a little cloaca where that sperm oozes out of, and, it, and he hopes that it like hits an egg? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's like salmon spawning. They just. There is no actual sex. The, the sex happens in the water around them. Yeah. Which I guess is somebody's fetish. I don't yeah, know. I mean, what? it's definitely somebody's fetish. Sounds like it's about to be my fetish. I want to be birthed <laughs> in eggs and sperm. <laughs> Speaking of While somebody... I fuck until I die. <laughs> Speaking of somebody who wants Godzilla, like, inside me. It's definitely somebody's fetish. Everything is somebody's fetish. Most everything is my fetish. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so yeah, those are the fucking basic strokes. I'm getting really tired of... I know you were talking about this, Kelty, via adult and child coded, but fucking I'm getting really tired of coding, like, in general. I want this word to stop for a minute so I can have a break. Well, it's the... Mm. It's the new word, like, problematic or romanticized, where someone heard it in their sociology and or gender studies class and went absolutely buck wild with <laughs> mislabeling it around the internet, using it on their anime and their cartoons and their weird vocaloids, and now it has permeated the discourse, mm -hmm. and everyone is misusing this specific literary term to mean whatever the fuck they want yeah with a veneer of authenticity because it sounds vaguely academic and it's happened with yeah romanticized it's happened with fetishism it's happened mm -hmm. with abuse it's happened with discourse <laughs> yeah so you know the discourse eats itself <laughs> in the end which you know not for nothing but to those of us who have taken classes or read about psychology my fucking or suffered through fucking literary analysis courses for my fucking degree yeah Ugh. or literary analysis courses you don't sound smart you actually sound really dumb yeah you sound like a toddler using words they don't understand exactly <laughs> discourse romanticism normalize sexualize fetishize all have very specific academic meanings that are used in the context of critical literature analysis and or you know analysis of art analysis of media whatever mm -hmm. valid and you can't. Oh my god, if anyone ever says you're valid to me, I'm gonna lose my mind. <laughs> that's valid. That's, that's like, fuck you. <laughs> she loves me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I get really tired of these children, man. I get really tired of me these too. children. Because words mean things. Words mean things. God damn it. You know what else I get really fucking tired of? I wasn't going to talk about this, but now I have a hair at my butt about it. Common internet etiquette. Oh, right. Yeah. If a show comes out, or a movie comes out, or a comic book comes out, it was common internet etiquette to tag mm -hmm. your posts online as spoilers. At least for the first fucking 24 hours. When Avengers came out... You tagged that shit as spoilers for the first fucking month. Yeah, I, I remember. Yeah, it was a big deal. Because <laughs> if you didn't tag your spoilers, people would come for you, man. People were mad. I mean, yeah, this was this was an event people were excited about. They wanted to have the, the undiluted experience for the first time. Like, I am of the opinion that some people tag spoilers for things that are not actually spoilers. Like, you know... The Avengers movie is about superheroes. <laughs> like, that's not a spoiler to me, but some people are absolutely insane about what information they consider a spoiler. Yeah. But when it comes down to, you know, plot details or who lives and dies or who kisses at the end. Yeah. Like, that, that was the norm. And I don't think that, like, knowing how something happens or how it ends or how it turns out 
like dilutes or reduces an experience with a text. But I do think that having the first like undiluted experience with a text without information is something. Like that's an experience you can't ever get again. Yeah. I don't know. Having been a person who has been on the internet for a long time, I have had my fair share of being spoiled for things. And it doesn't ruin the whole film, let's say. No. But it does sort of suck some of the joy out of even having that first viewing experience. Because I guess I now unwillingly know information. And I'm talking like actual plot information or character information. I'm not talking... fucking Captain America's in this one. Spoilers. (laughs) But, yeah, no. It it just, it bums me out a little bit. Yeah, and like, it's just common decency. It's just polite. It's polite. And I pointed that out to a couple people this week when a new episode of Hell of a Boss came out and some people were posting actual screen caps of a character development moment. And I said, hey, that's spoilers you should tag spoilers and i got called a cringe baby a karen a drama monger god forbid i fucking the old on the internet ask the young to consider the enjoyment of everybody else well and here's something i've noticed that I guess this has to do with, with your space on the internet being focused around social media, so you very much get to tailor-make kind of your own experience. But people on the internet now react to moderate disagreements as if it were a personal harassment campaign. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, every if, time. If you are politely like, hey, tag your spoilers... People interpret that, or at least they pretend to interpret that, as a personal attack against themselves. I guess because they just exist in this, like, bubble of positivity that, you know, no dissenting opinion (laughs) is ever heard. I mean, you'd think that I murdered their mother in front of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and that's, and that, and I need to be clear, like, you weren't like, hey, tag your spoilers, bitch. Yeah. Like, like <laughs> yeah, like, if you wanted to be like, oh, oh, good sir, if you wouldn't terribly mind, please, for the ruffians <laughs> like me, just, just, if you could so kindly include a spoiler tag in future tweets, yeah. thank you and adieu. <laughs> Now please kick me in the face. Yeah, no, so kick that... me in the teeth. <laughs> so we are even. Yeah. Like, and okay, this might be nothing, but here's the thing. I don't actually give a fuck about spoilers, but I, I was like, you didn't give it any tags. Maybe somebody's triggered by this show. You don't know. And they were just like, good. And it's like, okay. My favorite one, my favorite one was just them saying, well, then mute the tag. How? Yeah, that was my favorite. I did mute the tag. Like, I need to be clear. Like, not only was it not tagged spoilers, they didn't even have the title of the show in there. They had nothing. I guess they had one character name. They had one character name. And that was the only way that if you had blacklisted specifically that one character name, you would have not seen this tweet, I suppose. But, like, they're saying instead that you have to be in charge of all the things you blacklist. Like, they were saying, blacklist all the creators, blacklist all the famous artists. The names. The names. And it's like... Of this show you enjoy. Of this show you enjoy, just every time it comes up with a new episode, add all these tags to your blacklist, because that's less trouble for me than to just tag the show. But if you post a photo... Uh, or a drawing of a toad man holding a girl, <laughs> you you deserve to be sent to, like, I don't know, bestiality hell or whatever. You deserve to lose your job, yeah. apparently. And be smeared in your industry. Again, a tiny, tiny industry is the American animation industry. No. Okay. Just, no. That's not how this works. It is, though. It's it's how it works because it's, it's less inconvenient for them, and that is what they care about. <laughs> But, like, that's the thing, is that they act like they don't. So if you would just say, I only care about myself, so fuck you for asking for anything fuck from you've me. you got mine. <laughs> yeah. Then I would be like, okay, these people are just assholes, and move on with my life. Because that's 
the way that life is. Yeah. People are just assholes. But sometimes. that's an immoral stance, and their whole identity is factored around the idea that they are morally superior. So they can't hold both positions. I actually did get an auntie to just say that they only cared about themselves. I mean, that, okay, that's it was it was actually it was actually like it was refreshing. Yeah. yeah. Like I only care about what I want and like that's still reprehensible, but at least you're honest. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what happened to I don't like it. I miss that, man, cuz I don't like a lot of things and I think a lot of things are stupid or gross or just badly written. And I moved on with my life. And I don't know why these people have to act like not liking something is a moral stance. And that mm-hmm. they they have to defeat the evil like the fucking Japanese girls in Cabin in the Woods. <laughs> and turn us all into toads. <laughs> so that we can, I guess, hold them up and then be pedophiles. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm so... Yeah, it is... I mean, and... Again, this is not a a new take. People have realized this before me. But anteism is a very American phenomenon because it's kind of uniquely based on American puritanism and American carceral practices, where in America, uh, crimes are best met with violence and incarceration, <laughs> even nonviolent crimes, like no matter what the crime is. Mm-hmm. And Puritanism, a Christian morality that holds that things are either all the way good or they're, they are all the way bad. There are two camps. It is on you and, you know, following the teachings of Jesus to know which camp is which. And there is no nuance or intermediary. And because America is these two things, it is a, it is a hugely carceral uh model of justice and steeped in puritanism even though the puritanism around antiism is secular in nature it still operates the same way mm-hmm. so you have i don't like this thing but you can't just not like a thing you have to you have to apply a moral filter over it so if i don't like a thing a thing must be bad and what do we do with bad things we put them in jail and we take away their rights uh-huh. and we incarcerate them. And that's why anteism is like a uniquely American phenomenon. Also, particularly because it's usually about sex and non-normative sexual practices, uh-huh. which is the most puritanical, you know, danger zone ever. Any sort of sex that isn't men, women for the purposes of procreation is bad wrong. Uh-huh. And... Like, and you see it to lesser extents in, like, other former British colonies. Like, a little bit in Canada, we have some absolutely insane laws on the books uh, around particularly uh, sex work. And you see it in, in England, you see it in Australia. But, like, again, we have friends from Europe and from Asia who find it bizarre that Americans are one, so uncomfortable with sex, and two, their answer to their discomfort with sex is carceral in nature. Uh Like, that's strange. Like, at least the fucking Catholics have the attitude of being like, we're all born filthy sinners. (laughs) Basically, everything is sin, except this very discreet amount of behaviors. And we just kind of accept the fact that you're gonna fuck up, because sin is fun. And, you know, as much as I fucking hate the Catholic Church, I I prefer it to Puritanism mm-hmm. and Anglicanism in that regard, because they just sort of acknowledge that human nature is to do what you want. Mm. And what you want is not always good, but what you want sometimes is good. And the Catholics wouldn't be mad at you for that. The Puritans would, because any sort of indulgence, even if it's even if it's unharmful, is bad. Yeah, I don't know. I just I get so pissed off at children on the internet sometimes, and I really shouldn't. But I think at this point in my life, anger is all that fuels me. I think people have been saying it for a while, and there really ought to be. I don't know because the internet is ubiquitous now, and it, there's no putting the horse back in the barn, as it were. There has to be some kind of, like, educational program or something, like like internet literacy that we start teaching kids in, like, as young as kindergarten and grade one and stuff, because 
like I said, parents use smartphones to babysit their kids. Yeah. And they have so much access to the internet, and the internet is not segregated. It is not, you know, after hours. The internet is whatever you want to look up when you want it, 24-7. And if you want to look up titties at 9 a.m. in church, you can do that on the internet if you want. And... I don't know, like, fucking, maybe there is something, something to the idea that, like, when it happens behind a screen, it, it dehumanizes us or something. <laughs> because, man, they just act like these people aren't human and that they don't have lives and feelings and damage that could be done to them. And, yeah, like, that's, that's my only, like, solution. And it's, it's kind of half baked even because, you know, my parents didn't have uh internet literacy courses. I sure didn't. All all of my IT courses were about how to use a computer because <laughs> yeah. they were kind of new at the time. And the idea now that perhaps there needs to be some sort of like internet ethics course for kids is probably going to make a lot of people roll their eyes, but I don't see what else the solution is. Yeah, I mean, they're getting into fights and suicide baiting people because they drew a cartoon they didn't like. Like, this is. And succeeding and sometimes. And succeeding! Like, like with Mookie! Or the girl who drew the skinny Steven Universe character. Yeah. She wound up in the hospital on a suicide attempt. People, you know, have their families contacted, have their places of employment contacted by these insane freaks who say, did you know so-and-so is a pedophile? And, like, their fucking jobs are at stake. Their family yeah. lives are at yeah, stake. Yeah, well, that's what happened with Mookie. On their private 18-plus Patreon, drew art of a character, an anime character from that volleyball anime. Uh, Hia Hiaku or something. Hiaku, yeah. Uh, they drew one of the characters... In from what I understand was a gangbang scenario, but he was aged up. Uh-huh. So even then, that wasn't enough. Which it aging up characters typically isn't enough these days for aunties. But but they were harassed to the point where they were so anxiety ridden for four to five days they didn't eat and ended up in the hospital. And the response was neat. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. because these people, yeah, these people don't let up. Like. I just mentioned the, hey, we shouldn't abuse people for drawing fan art to somebody. And for the next, like, three days in my public, they were just screaming kitty diddler at me after I told them that I was a victim of CSA. So it was like, uh, all right. <laughs> well, that's- no, again, because the concern is never actually over reducing harm. The concern is about being seen to be the right sort of person yeah. who cares the right amount about abuse, not to actually reduce abusive behavior or abusive harm. No. Just the, the performative instances of reducing abuse, whatever that is. Yeah. Which apparently is to abuse people. Well, yes, it's to abuse the right sorts it's of people. To, uh, it's to they abuse don't, people. They don't disagree that abuse is wrong because, you know, they claim as much, saying that being a bully, bullying whoever is okay, maybe homophobia is okay sometimes, yeah. you know, when a gay person does something they don't like. It's, they don't, they, they have no qualms over abusive behavior. They just think abuse seems to be aimed in the right direction, which is people they don't like. Yeah, I saw one that was like, you're just mad that the groomer wouldn't choose you. Yeah. And I was like... Which is just victim blaming. Yeah. Like, flat out mask off victim blaming for actual child abuse. (laughs) But they're mad that someone drew art of a fictional person being gangbanged. Which also... Because that's the same. They aged them up. So I'm sorry that people are like, if Again, you age I'm, them up, it's just as bad. <laughs> if you age them up for only sexual purposes, it's just as bad. But here's the thing. Uh, that happens. People That's wait. Growing up! People wait to be older so they can fuck all the time. <laughs> I am an aged up minor. <laughs> I will always have been an aged up minor. I will only continue to age up. Yeah. That's, that's, that's just growing. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't. I was horny at 13 and 12. Yeah. Oh. I, wait, I wait until I aged myself up. I mean, 
I worry, I worry for these kids who are in these very tight insular groups where they don't or are unwilling to see any outside opinions or empathize with anybody who doesn't think like them because it's just, it's a fucking moral panic. It is. It's QAnon for babies. Mm. Also, I just got to say, uh, one of the people, uh, I went on Twitter to check, one of the people who harassed that artist um, that got landed in the hospital, their account is now suspended. So that's nice. Oh! Yeah. That is nice. Mm -hmm. Two wholesome endings to these stories. There we go! <laughs> Just, we, took, we went on a little emotional arc in this, in this podcast today. Sweet. Aww. Well, did we talk about the thing? I think so. I think we talked about the thing. I mean, I feel like we're going to be talking about aunties until they all fucking drop dead. So. Yeah, I mean, this is now just an anti-podcast at this point. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's supposed to be about fandom, but fandom and aunties have become so interwoven. I mean, they've been overrun. Yeah. yeah. And I, I wish we could just go back to, like, the old-timey ship wars. Like, you know... Team Jacob versus Team Edward and stuff like that. And uh, we kind of got to do that with like the Voltron, yeah, you know, a little bit ship war. But, but then you it know, went insane. That's because each side is accusing the other of pedophilia, which is not as fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well then, y'all, if you want to find us online, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Blissfully Show. A link to our YouTube is there, and if you're watching on YouTube. Go ahead and smash that bell, like, subscribe, comment. I don't care. Whatever. Do what you want to do. <laughs> or don't. Who cares? And until... Oh, actually, before we go, I want to give a big shout out to uh, Discourse Catharsis, Discourse Liz over on Twitter for being a champ and helping me collect a bunch of receipts for the show. They've done that before and... Big fan. Go follow them. So until next time. Bye. 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 Hitler. Okay. You can't break Godwin's law five minutes into the episode, <laughs> Kelty. <gasps>